I was a hustler. I loved making money. I idolized it. Even though I had a good career, God has blessed me with certain skills and I would use those skills to make more money on the side. And it was just never enough. And so in August 2019, I hit a really low point in my life. I was in my office at home and uh, I was just thinking about my life, why I wasn't happy because from the outside in, people thought that, you know, I had everything, but they didn't know I was so empty inside. And so I sat there and then I remember looking up, just thinking about Jesus because this whole time, the answer was literally right in front of me. What I was searching for, what I was looking for, it was Jesus. And it was at that moment that I knew that I was going to surrender. I sat back in my office chair and I closed my eyes and I started praying. And what I prayed that night was, forgive me God for not coming to you sooner. From this moment on, I give you the rest of my life. My name is Sela. Um, I'm from Cambodia. My family came here to the US in the early 80s due to the civil war there. Um, my parents had four children I'm the second oldest. I have an older sister and two younger brothers. Most of my family are Buddhist. So growing up, that's all I was surrounded by was Buddhism. Um, my mom was a Buddhist. Some of my brother's siblings were Buddhist and um, my uncles and aunts. So for me, for, for whatever reason, I wasn't drawn to Buddhism. My father, I think he was agnostic. He never talked about religion. Um, the earliest that I can remember thinking about God, um, I think I was four years old, and no one ever talked to me about God. At that time, we lived in an apartment, and um, I remember laying on my bunk bed wanting to see God. I didn't know anything about Him. I just knew He was somewhere up in the sky, and uh, just wanting to see Him. So that was the earliest I can remember. I was the only child that went to church. Um, I started going to church actually when I was 10 years old. And how that started was we had Mormon missionaries come, came to our house, knocked on the door, and I opened the door. And um, they shared a little bit about uh, the Mormon church. And I was interested. Like I said, I was always um, wanting to know God. But I was the only child that went to church. Uh, my dad actually used to take me to church and drop me off and then pick me back up. Or sometimes the, um, the elders of the church, if they had somebody to pick up that was around my house, they would pick me up. And so I was a part of the Mormon church for about two years, um, was on the basketball team, went camping with them, was baptized in the church. And I also participated in some of their practices, one of which is called the baptism of the dead. So uh, yeah, like I said, I was a member for about two years. Um, but I stopped going to church um, when I joined junior high, uh, when I got into junior high. And that's because, um, you know, I, I just wanted to hang out with a cool crowd and I lost interest in church, but it didn't stop my belief in God. Um, I still continued to pray to God. Fast forward to my late teens, um, I came across a documentary online and the documentary was about the Mormon church. And they talked about the history of the church, how there was no like archeological evidence to support some of the um, places and groups of people that were mentioned in the Mormon um, Book of Mormon. And then they also mentioned about some of the rituals that they were or practices that they would do, which I didn't hear of, or I didn't know of when I was going to the church. Apparently it's something that you do um, for when you're in the church um, longer and one of which was um, someone is a stage and there's a veil on the stage 
And so what happens is there's hands that come out of the veil and you're supposed to grab that, though those hands, and it's supposed to symbolize, uh, I guess, when you're entering one of the kingdoms, because in um, Mormonism, like when you, when you die, there's like four different planets or heavens that you can go to. And so I remember hearing that and it was just, oh, that's really weird. I've never heard of that when I, during that time, at least when I went. And then they had talked about um, African-Americans either, I don't remember if African-Americans were not allowed in the church or um, there was very, very few members. And that caught my attention because the church that I went to, there were no African-Americans. It was all um, either Southeast Asians or white Americans. I remember um, when they started talking about African-Americans, one particular instance, and I remember this vividly, uh, the elders came to our house and um, when they would come, they would share with me the Book of Mormon. They would go over scripture. And so this one incident that happened, um, the scripture that they were reading me was, I'm paraphrasing obviously, um, it had to do with a group of people that continually sinned against the God of the Book of Mormon. God ended up turning their skin dark. And mind you, I was young and naive. I remember asking the elder who, who read that verse to me, does that mean all black people are bad? And he responded, yes. And then in my mind, I said, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, we grew up in public housing and I had a lot of friends who were African-Americans. They were always getting into fights, getting into trouble. So when he said that, I was like, okay, that makes sense as well. You know, my friends, I was getting in trouble, but that had nothing to do with their skin color. We were just products of the environment. So after watching that documentary, I remember being really upset that I was involved with the church, but it didn't shake my faith. I just remember that night praying to God from the time that I stopped going to church, from the time I saw that documentary, it was almost 10 years that I hadn't been in church. And I remember that night praying, asking God that, um, you know, that I'm ready to go back into church. I just didn't know what church to go to. Cause like I said, um, I didn't know any Christians. My family was Buddhist. And I just remember asking God to find me a true church. And that was that. I still continued to pray. I never stepped foot, stepped foot back into a church. And then, and so this was in the late, uh, my late teens. In 2006 is when I met my wife. Um, my wife's family um, were Christians and she was a Christian. And they went to a Baptist church. And shortly after we started dating, maybe a couple years, I started attending their church. That's when I learned more about Jesus, more about the Bible. And then I was baptized in that church in 2013. 2014 was when I moved to Maryland. And when I moved, purchased a home there, I was looking for a local church. Um, someone recommended a non-denominational church and I started going there. I really loved it, learned a lot learned how to describe the Trinity, learned all these terms that I'd never heard before, like uh, sanctification, surrender was a big one. I was, I guess like most people, I viewed life as, or what would bring me peace and joy, just being college educated, having a career, um, having a family, having a home, and just making money and traveling. That's what I thought would bring me peace and joy. And so having accomplished all that, I was still feeling empty and I wasn't sure why. And in 2019, I pretty much hit a low point in my life. I was a hustler. I loved making money. Um, I idolized it. Uh, money was my God. Um, that's all that I thought about every single day. Um, even though I had a good career, 
God has blessed me with certain skills and I would use those skills to make more money on the side. And it was just never enough. And I've been this way for since my early 20s and almost 20 years. And so in August 2019, I hit a really low point in my life. I was in my office at home and uh, I was just thinking about my life, why I wasn't happy, because from the outside in, people thought that, you know, I had everything, but they didn't know I was so empty inside. And so I sat there um, just thinking, and then I remember looking up and then um, just thinking about Jesus, because I remember thinking, you know, that this whole time, the answer was literally right in front of me, what I was searching for, what I was looking for, it was Jesus. And it was at that moment that I knew that I was going to surrender. I sat back in my office chair and I closed my eyes and I started praying. And what I prayed that night was, I said, um, forgive me God for not coming to you sooner. Um, but this day forward, from this moment on, I, I give you the rest of my life. I give you my heart, I give you my mind, my body, my spirit, everything, God, use me. That's exactly what I said to him. And I knew exactly what I was doing. I was all in. There was no turning back for me. I gave him everything. And for whatever reason, after that, I ended up on the floor, on my knees, repenting. I don't, I don't even know where that came from. And um, I started calling out all those sins that I'd ever done. And then within 10 seconds or 15 seconds of repenting, I was hit with this sorrow that I've never, ever, ever felt before. Mm. It was, it was that moment that I knew that all the sin that I've ever, ever done was against the God that loved me so much that he came to die for me and it broke me. I've never been so broken or felt that sorrow before. And mind you, I've, I've said a lot of hurtful things to family members, um, but it was nothing that, that pain didn't compare to what I was feeling. And I was on the ground weeping for at least five minutes and repenting. I got up afterwards and went to the bathroom, washed my face, and then I went to bed. And um, I didn't know what to expect after I, I said that prayer and after I repented, because in all the times that I've been in church, you know, you hear the terms being passed around, um, repent and surrender, but I never heard, or the pastor never ever said what would happen to you when you surrendered your life. And I never knew of testimonies. I never saw a testimony, never heard a testimony. So I didn't know what to expect that night, uh, what the next day or the following week. So I went to bed that night. But then um, the next morning when I woke up, oh, something was different. Immediately when I woke up, I knew something was different. What I would say, it was, it was a hunger inside me, a hunger that I've never, ever, ever experienced before. And mind you, there's some things that I'm passionate about, what I do for a living, but this hunger was above that, way up, blew that away. And um, I wanted to actually jump in the shower with the Bible. Um, that, that, that's how hungry I was for God, but obviously, you know, I didn't do that. I uh, brought my cell phone into the shower and I think I turned on um, the audio Bible and listened to it while I was in the shower. That morning on my way to work, I had earphones in my ear listening to sermons. And while at work, working and um, listening to sermons, I didn't know where this hunger for God came from. It was like this all day, every day, and it went on for weeks and weeks and months. 
before I gave my life to Christ, I maybe had three Christian books, the Bible being one of them. And when, within a period of four months, I had like 20 plus books. I couldn't stop reading wow. anything about Jesus, anything about church history. I just couldn't stop. And I remember that morning, text on my way to work, listening to sermons. And matter of fact, I texted my cousin and my close friend, letting them know that uh, I said that prayer. I told him that something is happening to me, and but I don't know what, and I just left it at that. On my way to work that day, I had an ear, AirPod in my ear, listening to sermons at work, listening to sermons on the way home, listening to sermons or listening to the Bible. I couldn't stop. There were nights that I would wake up two, three o'clock in the morning and wanting to go into my office, reading the Bible. It, it was just, it consumed me. I've never, ever, ever I had anything consume me like that before. And following that, there were key events that happened to me. I was 38 years old at that time when I gave my life to Christ. And these events that took place afterwards, I have never, ever experienced. And it was because of those events that made me believe, truly believe how real Jesus is. The first thing that I can remember happening to me was a time where I lost hunger. So with my current employer, um, at that time, I was probably three years in and uh, my work schedule is from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So come around maybe six o'clock, I'm ready to go home and eat dinner with my family and just be with my family. And so this particular night, I stopped by a Chinese restaurant. So I get home, I put everything on the table, I take out my cell phone, and um, as I take out my cell phone, I turned it to YouTube and I turned on to a sermon, and I'm eating at the same time. And I noticed that as I was eating the first chicken wing, my hunger started to go away, which was really weird. I was watching the sermon at the same time and eating, and then I went to pick up the second chicken wing, and I noticed that my hunger was completely gone. And then I sat back in the chair and I was like, this can't be happening to me, what is going on? You know, I remember thinking about that verse in the Bible, and it says, man should not live off of bread alone, but by every word of God. And I picked up the cell phone, went into my um, office, and finished the sermon in my office, and uh, I left the food there. That has never, ever, ever happened to me before. In another instance, this happened at church. This one particular Sunday, I was so excited to go to church, and I didn't know why I was so happy. And this particular day, it was packed. Um, we had people in front of me, behind me, and it was hard to find seating. So in our church service, we start off by um, just singing songs, praise of worship before the sermon. And my wife was next to me. And so we stood up and within 10 or 15 seconds into the, the song, what I would describe was something inside me coming alive. It was so strong, my legs started shaking, my knees felt like it wanted to buckle. I wanted to fall on the ground. Mm. And um, you know, mind you, I, I don't like attention on myself. And um, the last thing I wanted to do was fall on the ground because I didn't want people to look at me like, what's wrong with this guy? Is he crazy or something? So I, I stopped singing and I actually had my eyes closed just praying, praying. I remember saying to myself, God, please no, God, please no, please no. For fifth or 10 or 15 minutes, because that's how long you know we, we, we sing, that's what I was doing the whole time was just praying, asking God, no, no, no. And then finally the music ended 
and I sat down back on the chair and I just remember thanking God because whatever it was, I'm not sure what it was, but it was so strong that I, I, I couldn't stand up and that has never ever happened to me before and that was the only time that I, that actually happened. <clears throat> so that was one really things that happened to me after I gave my life that I have no explanation for. I just know that um, I, I went through it. Another incident happened. So I have four dogs, but at that time I have three dogs and I walk my dogs daily. And where we live, there's a lot of parks um, and this particular park that I took them that day. Um, we've been there hundreds of times, many dis different trails. Um, this trail that we were on, uh, was only about a mile long. So we get to the park I take my dogs out and we started walking and I would say I was probably between 30 or 40 yards from my vehicle when I noticed that something was with us. Something was, with, I literally stopped and was like, whoa, something's not right. And I hate to glorify darkness, but I have to tell you, I, I know what it feels like to be in the presence of evil. But what was with me that day was the complete opposite and um, I remember when I felt it, I just felt like it was so holy and so pure. And matter of fact, I remember thinking about, in my mind, I remember thinking, um, test the spirit. And what I thought about doing was trying to say something ungodly or even think of something ungodly, like a sin. I mean, how easy is it for like anyone to think about lust? But for the life of me, I couldn't, and I didn't understand why I tried so hard. And that's when I knew, that's when I knew I said, okay, this is, this is not something evil. This is something of God. And this trail that we were on was maybe a mile long. And as we started walking deeper into the woods, the feeling intensified so much so that I remember not feeling like I was even in my own body. Um, I remember it felt like I was just um, hovering over myself and watching myself um, walk. As crazy as that, that might sound, but that's what I felt. So we're maybe three quarters of the mile to the car. And I remember asking myself, I can't be the only one feeling this. Like, why are my dogs not reacting? And I believe, I think dogs, you know, they have senses. They can hear things, pick up things that humans can't. And so I, was, I called one of my dogs, um, the German Shepherd. I called her over to me and I just started to pet her just to see if she would react differently, but she did and her tail wagging and just, act, well, she was acting normal. And then I was just thinking to myself, wow, wow. And this peace that I felt, I remember it was just random thought. I remember thinking I could die right now and have no care in the world. And there was no fear being in the presence of whatever this thing was. It was just weird. I don't know how to explain it. So we get to the car. I put my dogs into the car. As I started to drive away, it was gone, just like that. I felt it gone. I don't know what it was, but um, that's what uh, happened. Uh, one, one other thing that I, I remember happening to me, I've been a registered voter, a Democratic voter, since the time that I was 18 years old until the time I was 38 when I decided to leave. So Sunday sermons was not enough for me, you know, I wanted God every single day, every single day. Um, I started to watch more YouTube sermons. And in, in one particular sermon, I remember watching um, the pastor has said something that really offended me. And just to share you a little bit about 
who I was also beforehand, um, I was a very proud person. It didn't take much to offend me. Um, what he said was, and, uh, and I'll quote, he said, liberalism is not compatible with Christianity. And I remember saying to myself, oh, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. But I continued to watch his um, sermon and I finished it actually. And um, that really bothered me though, what he said. And so that night I remember praying, um, asking God to just, I think my prayer went something like this. Um, God, open up my eyes. If there's anything that I'm doing or any belief that I have that is going against, you know, your truth, please tell me, you know, I want to please you for the rest of my life. I want to glorify you. Shortly after that prayer, um, I began to watch the news more, and which I don't do um, often you know, for obvious reasons. Um, not only just um, liberal news, but conservative news that I never ever watched because, you know, I was a, a Democrat, I was a liberal, but I, I watched both. And um, what I was doing was I, I wanted to see what was each party fighting for and what were they speaking up against. And then I noticed that, um, you know, I would watch Fox, I would hear some of the reporters mention God, mention Jesus, some of them actually wearing the cross. And I never saw that from the other side, but I took my investigation further um, because I believe that the values that you have at home, what's most important to you, whether it be God, family, career, what have you, it's gonna bleed into your politics. That's what I believe. And so I started to examine or investigate some of these reporters more just to see how they were living when they were not on camera. And what I found shocked me. So I found out that um, basically the party that I was aligned with for so, so many years was um, speaking against God's truth, speaking against the church, speaking what was the most important thing to me, which is, you know, God. I can say that was the most humbling moment for me because like I said, I was a very proudful person. I thought I knew it all and um, God opened up my eyes. So that was when I decided to leave the Democratic Party um, and no one, no one could have convinced me. And I don't know how God did it, but he did. In my life, there's, I've had two dreams that I know was from God. Um, the first dream that I ever had that I uh, was from God happened in my early 20s. And the last one happened in 2020. So in this particular dream that I had, I was just looking at an individual's arm and then I looked down to his wrist and I see this red string around his wrist. And I hear this man's voice behind me that said, Buddhism. Ever since I had this dream, I've had this de desire to learn Buddhism, um, not to spread his ideology, but to expose it. And so that was huge, huge. So throughout these six months that I experienced all these and, you know, the change of heart, the change of mind and some of the external things that I experienced, I had nobody to talk to because I, I didn't know anyone who surrendered their life to God. I would share little bits and pieces with people, but to what I'm sharing now, no, many people have not heard my testimony. And so I kept it all to myself. But I would say after about five months or so of feeling what I was feeling, I said, I've got to figure it out because I didn't know what was happening to me. I knew something was happening to me, but I didn't know what. I went 
um, you know, what do people do when they, you know, want to research, they go online. So I went online and I, the first thing that I had typed in was, um, it was random. It's like, what does the Holy Spirit feel like? I remember coming, uh, re, uh, I landed on this website and people sharing um, their testimony of what the Holy Spirit felt like. And I remember reading about this young lady who said when she thought she was felt with, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, she fell on the ground, balled up, and was just weeping uncontrollably. And then another individual shared a verse from the Bible that, I'm paraphrasing, um, said something about, you know, if you believe, if you believe in me, out of your belly or out of your heart will be rivers of living water. And I remember hearing that term living water and it struck me because throughout this whole time, I'm, I'm thinking about words from the dictionary that I can share with people to kind of explain what I'm feeling inside. And the only thing that I could think of was um, amazing. I feel alive, but even that didn't do justice. The best description was actually in the Bible the whole time and I didn't even know because I never read the Bible for all those years calling myself a Christian. I never read the Bible and here it was living water. Wow. That's exactly what it felt like um, just from head to toe. And I would feel this every single day and as a matter of fact, I would walk around in my house talking to myself because I had no one to talk to and just asking myself, saying to myself, what is this feeling? Why am I going through this? I had no idea. And then I ended up on YouTube where I saw more testimonies of people and I've never, ever seen testimonies before. And I must have spent, I think, three hours that night watching testimonies after testimony. And then finally, I sat back in my office chair and then um, because all my life, ever since I was a little boy, I believed in God. I just didn't know anything about him, who he was. But then after experiencing everything and knowing how real he is, I sat and not only is he real, but he's living inside of me. I sat back in my chair and I just, just tears flowing down my eyes because I can't describe to you the joy that went through me that night. It was just the most amazing feeling ever. So that was one huge thing that happened to me. And then finally, the change of heart that I have for people. You see, I was a lover of money. That's all that I thought about. If I saw someone at the traffic light who was asking for money, yeah, sure, I would give them $5 or something, whatever. But somehow God was able to change my heart from a lover of money to a lover of people. And I don't know how he did it. And how this all started was I was driving on the highway 301 in Maryland down into La Plata. And my wife was in the car with me. For some reason, I, I turned and looked to the left and um, to the left of me was a, the woods and a Walmart. And I saw tarps there, I saw tents there, and I knew what was out there. There were homeless people out there. And then I, I, I in, in my head, and it was in a, an audible voice, in my head I hear this, this voice that said, go and help them. And immediately I told this voice, no, for what? So I kept driving. And then for two weeks, every single day, this voice would not leave me alone. It kept, I kept hearing this voice, go help them, go help them. And finally, after two weeks, I gave in. I jumped in my car that day. It was, uh, I think, a Saturday or Sunday. I jumped into my car. I, I drove over to the Walmart parking lot. I got out. I walked on this path filled with um, just trash and I, I saw two homeless people and I went up to them. I introduced myself. I said, 
are you hungry? I want to buy you some food. I took down their menu, and then I walked to the corner, saw another homeless person, took down his menu. There's about five or six people that I met that day. So I went to McDonald's, got them some food. I brought it back to them and um, I gave it to them. This became like a regular for me, um, something that I would do routinely. And I don't know why I would go home and during the week I would think about them, think about how they're doing, wondering if they're okay, if they're, if they're warm. And uh, I can tell you, I would have not had a care in the world for people like that. Because mind you, um, my mindset was that of, you know, homeless people are homeless because, well, they didn't want to work, they were druggies, they were criminals, but I didn't even think about that. All I thought about was just their well-being and how could I help them. I became close to um, two of them, and I just want to kind of share some of the m most memorable moments um, where clearly God was using me to speak to them. Um, one particular incident happened when um, I came and I brought him some five guys and I sat down with him. His name was Jerry, by the way. I sat down with him and we just talked about politics and we talked about God, just random things. All the homeless people that I met out there, that none of them were druggies. They just, they became homeless due to things that were out of their control. They, one of them lost a job and they couldn't find a job. And so I remember sitting there and talking to him and um, it was, I looked at the clock and I was like, man, it's almost an hour. And I, I told him I had to leave. So I get up, I started to walk away. And for some reason, and I don't know why, I turned around and I told this guy that I loved him and that Jesus loved him. And I was like, wait a second. I remember thinking to myself, that, that did not just come out of my mouth. And I looked at him and this man's face just turned white, literally like he saw a ghost. I walked to the car and then I sat in my car and I just remember thinking to myself, why did I say that? And then I had this thought in my mind that God knew he had to hear that. He needed to hear that because mind you, no one ever came out there to see them and they were living in those woods for five to eight years. God knew he had to hear that so that I guess to give him hope. What a blessing for me to share with everyone though that two of the guys that I became really close with are no longer living in the woods after almost eight years. Wow. Um, the first guy, Jerry, he actually had a medical condition, medical condition where he went to the emergency room and um, the doctors had treated him, but they wouldn't allow him back out into the woods because he would have died. Um, so they sent him to rehab and that's where he's at now. I mean, I guess that's a blessing because, you know, it's better than living in the woods. My other friend, my wife and I opened up our doors to him and now he lives with us and um, I consider him family. And um, so that was the biggest change for me after I gave my life to Christ, the change of heart to love people. And again, I don't know how he did it. Hmm. Yeah. And that's my testimony. Now, Sayla, I want to go back a little bit you know, you mentioned that you grew up with a family that was rooted in Buddhism, essentially. They believed in this. And at some point, you, you mentioned that one of the things that God began to do was this desire to essentially learn about it so you can expose it, right? Because you saw it in your, in your family. Um, my first question is, how did your parents react when they saw that you are now following Jesus? 
So my family, just to share with you a little bit about them, they, they worked a lot and it was just my siblings and I at home. My mom wasn't really religious. Um, she would go every now and then to the temple. Um, I did see her pray to the Buddha statue that we had at home and give offerings. But for the most part, when I was going to church, the Mormon church, I never had any objection. Um, they just, you know, my parents were not strict. They were the type of parents who just wanted their children to be happy. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember trying to talk to my dad about the Mormon church, about Joseph Smith, but I could tell that he wasn't interested. So I just left it at that. Some of my family members have actually left um, Buddhism. Um, my mom, my stepmom, my father, my brother, wow. um, and many more are leaving, mainly because of testimonies that I have shared with them from uh, Cambodia and, and all the things that are happening there, how God is moving over there. And some of the things that I have learned from Buddhism, um, going back to the original teachings, what I found, I've shared with them, and it just made them question. Because um, growing up, my mom, when I asked her about Buddhism, if she can share with me, she really didn't really know what the beliefs were. It's just so much a part of the culture. You just grow into it, and you just believe it. The things that I shared with her, she, she, she didn't even know, um, mm -hmm. and other people too. Um, yeah. Wow. Taylor, who is Jesus to you? You know, I, I thought I had everything. I thought I had everything, but I had nothing. And I can sit here and tell you I can lose it all. My family, my friends, career, even my own life. But I can't afford to lose Jesus. I live for him because he died for me. That's who he is to me. That's how much he means to me. Hmm. So for anybody who's watching your testimony right now, and maybe it's in a place where they themselves are, are feeling hopeless or, you know, are, are kind of coming to the end of themselves or just kind of questioning even Jesus, right? What can you say to that person watching who's dealing with all this doubt? From my own experience, I would say to the people who kind of like um, going through what I was going through, thinking that having things would bring you peace and joy, I'll tell you right now, um, it's not. If anything, it's, how would they say, sweet in the moment, but it was never lasting. It was the hardest decision that I'd ever had to make, giving my life to Christ. I counted the cost, but it was the best decision ever. My only regret is that I didn't make it sooner. Mm. When you hit that low point in your life where you're sitting there and you're asking yourself like I did, like, What's, what's it just the meaning? Why am I here? Why am I not happy? Why is there no peace and joy? I, I just want you to remember the name of Jesus and call out to him, repent and surrender. And um, I can promise you, he will respond to you. Any last words, Selah, for people who are watching your testimony right now? What I learned throughout all of this was it is impossible to love people the way God wants you to love them and the way they need to be loved. And I say that because what well, Jesus said that there's two greatest, the two greatest commandments are to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and spirit. And then the second is to love your neighbors as you love yourself. I wasn't able to do the second because I didn't do the first. I didn't love God. I loved money and I didn't know how much he loved me.
But now that I know how much He loves me, I share that love with everyone.